0: He presents Deba K Rambles, where a couple of friends review Korean dramas. Today I have a very special guest with me to discuss a crazy show that everyone has been up in arms about, and it's Miguel. Miguel, thank you for coming on the show again. It's so nice to have you back.
1: Thanks for having me back. I love How this. How have
0: you been, bro? I
1: have been okay. <laughs> I have been drowning in work in my own form of Korean drama in real <laughs> life. But with none of the fun tropes.
0: <laughs> I got you. Yeah. How about you? Um I've been all right. I've been really busy watching K dramas and I feel like um it's leading up to a vacation. So I'm really excited about the vacation, but then prepping for the vacation because we're going overseas is like nuts. So I feel like I'm pretty much spread very thin. And then this show didn't really help much because oh, no. <laughs> I have been a wreck uh so we'll talk about it though. We're gonna review 2521. Um Miguel has been a guest on the show before. He was on the Squid Game episode. So if mm-hmm. you guys want to hear Miguel and get his introduction, you can scroll back in your podcast feed and get introduced to Miguel on like one of the biggest K-dramas of all time. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, Miguel. I also want to say congratulations because you are moving to Japan very soon.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, we're looking at oh my God. less than 60 days. <laughs>
0: Holy crap. Yeah, no, I for those who don't know, Miguel has been this has basically been your, your dream for a really long time is to go to Japan and teach and teach English in Japan. And it's finally happening because the pandemic put it on hold. It's been like you've been working toward this and I am so happy for you. I wanted to immortalize this moment in time in a podcast episode.
1: That means a lot because, yeah, I've been dying to go for a very, very long time. Um, Yeah, like you said, I got in, but then COVID and then I got in again and then it was this other non-starter and... Now it's finally happening, so yes, super exciting.
0: The countdown is on, and I just want everyone—if you want—reach out to Miguel and say mm-hmm. congratulations on the debak Instagram or on all the socials. And if you want to reach out to him directly, please, I mean, feel free. He is very excited. We all are. Our whole friends group has just like been hoping and praying for this, and like we're so happy that yes. it's finally happening. <laughs> yay thank you hey hey (laughs) (laughs) arigato hey arigato hey
1: (laughs) that's my calling card my students are gonna hate me
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so if this is your first time listening Go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you like us, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars go such a long way for us. And come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at ATC Debug Pod. And if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. I Let's go. Let's, Let's do it. Oh, yes. 2521. Would you like to read the Asian Wiki Synopsis or shall I?
1: Uh, lead the way.
0: Okay, I got you. <laughs> Asian Wiki Synopsis reads 2521, tells a love story between Naido and Bekujin. Naido is a member of her high school fencing team. Due to the South Korean financial crisis, though, she the high school fencing team gets disbanded. Getting through all the difficulties, she becomes a member of the national fencing team. The South Korean financial crisis also causes Becky Jin's father's business to go bankrupt. This leads to a life change for Becky Jin from living the life of a wealthy person to a poor person. While studying, he works part-time jobs, but later he becomes a sports reporter for a broadcasting network. All right, that was a mouthful. Yes. Um, <laughs> 2521, originally aired from February to April 2022. We are sitting right at the end of the airing schedule for this one, recording this right now. Mm-hmm. It is 16 episodes long, and it's available on Netflix. That's where we watched it. It was directed by jo- Jung Ji Hyun, and he's directed You Are My Spring, The King, Eternal Monarch, Search WWW, and Mr. Sunshine, which is where Kim tae Kind of got her start in that that K drama. Have you heard oh. of Mister Sunshine?
1: I have not. I heard of Search www though.
0: Yeah, so did oh. I. I really oh. want to watch that one. Yeah. I really, really want to watch that one, so I hey, can't I'm wait. In. Yeah, bro. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then the King Eternal one. I didn't like that one, but that's a story for another day. Twenty Five Twenty One was written by Kwando Un, and she wrote Search www. So oh, well. there you go. She's, he's oh. worked with that writer before. And now we have our starring cast. We have Kim Terry as Naido, and she's been in not too much, just a few movies, six movies, including Sa- Space Sweepers from 2021, Little Forest from 2018, and here we go The Handmaiden from I 2016. Knew she was
1: familiar. <laughs> Right. I was like, "There's something about oh, it's the Handmaiden." The oh,
0: Handmaiden.
1: No. <laughs> what yes. a what a what a left turn! <laughs> I know
0: it's like little forest face Sweepers, The Handmaiden, <laughs> like a hard left turn.
1: <laughs> 2016 was wild. So
0: 2016, man. So yeah, she was cast in Park Chan-wook's The Handmaiden after auditioning for the role, which had 1,500 other applicants. So she won, rightfully so. I fully, I feel yes this role um you've seen the handmaiden I have seen the hand okay it's it's nuts
1: it is you've seen it right or have you <laughs> no seen man
0: it? I'm scared to watch it it is it's a, a
1: psychosexual <sighs> lesbian thriller yeah <laughs> it's it's just like in that same vein as like Mulholland Drive and all those other. Ones. oh it's, my
0: god that's like something. a genre in and of it's like a subgenre, and it scares me like that legitimately is like not for me so i have been putting off watching the handmaiden i had a mind to watch it before i started 25 21 i never got the chance to so i will have to mm. keep you guys updated on when i finally watch the handmaiden i'm scared anyway Maybe so the best
1: well you'll what yeah. <laughs>
0: So we already mentioned Mr. Sunshine. That's another iconic show that I have not watched yet it's from 2018. Okay, now she stars opposite Nam Joo Hyuk as Becky Jin, and he was most recently in Startup, which we covered right before this episode. So if you want to listen to my thoughts and my guest thoughts on Startup, you can do that by scrolling back in your podcast feed. She, uh, he was in the nurse school files. Let me reverse it. The school nurse files. Also on Netflix, Bride of Habek, Weightlifting Fairy, Moon Lovers, She's in the Trap, Who Are You, Surplus Princess, tons. Um, have you seen Namju Hyuk before? before I
1: have not. I haven't seen his work okay. yet, no. Okay, mm-hmm.
0: cool. And now we have the rest of the crew. We have Bona as Koyudim, and she is actually from the K-pop girl group. WJSN, mm-hmm. also known as Cosmic Girls, and she hasn't been in that many roles—only five—and not all of them were starring roles. Yeah, so this so is basically to a breakout over, role, basically. Yeah, that's it's a breakout role for her. Nice. Um, we have Choi Hon Hyunuk as Munji. Oh my god, I'm getting tongue-tied. Munji Wung, and he has been in Sun as a cameo, Rocket, Rocket Boys in 2021, and Taxi Driver also from the same year. And again, no real starring roles, kind of just oh. supporting and cameos because in Taxi Driver, he was only in a couple of episodes and ji san was only one episode. So again, breakout role for another one of these kids. And lastly, we have Lee Jun myung as Ji-Sung-Wan. And she, again, hasn't been in that many things, only five. And most were little-known dramas and no starring roles. So I love that they actually cast... Yeah relative nobodies to play Mm -hmm. kind of an iconic group
1: iconic yeah yeah this is this is gonna go down as something because it's (laughs) and I like it too because they anchored this with some pretty well-known people Mm -hmm. and then they were like okay cool now everybody else let's give them a breakout role love it Mm -hmm. love it yeah I love to see it I'm here for it
0: yeah so what did you think we're done so what did you think what are your, well, let me say, let me rephrase this. What were your first impressions of 25, 21?
1: My first impressions, just visually when I turned it on, I was like, oh no. Like when I first, when I first started it, because okay. it was like, and this is strictly superficial because the colors were so oversaturated. <laughs> like from an aesthetic okay. point of view, I'm like, what is going on? This is so mm. like, this is so much. And I was kind of confused because, you know, we start with the framing device mm. Of the daughter who doesn't want to, you know, do ballet anymore and all the yeah. rest of it. And I was like, okay, where is this going? But then about 15 minutes into the ep- the first episode, I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm in. Ooh. Like, I-, I already had, like, this idea of, like, okay, cool. This is going to be a sports story. And I love mm-hmm. sports dramas. I love sports anime, manga. Like, I'm here for sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw that it was going to be fencing, I was all the way in. <laughs> like an esoteric sport that I know almost nothing about. I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to walk out of this knowing about fencing. I'm going to want to learn how to fence." So mm. I I was in. I was already hooked from the first episode. Right. But I had no it it took a bunch of turns. So even my first yeah. impression of it, I knew I was going to like it, but the reasons why I liked it changed wildly like four times Ooh. throughout the show.
0: Ooh. Cuz
1: it kept making turns. So
0: Right. Yeah. Okay, so you'll give me those reasons right after I give my first impression. So the first mm-hmm. impression that I had was I thought I was really going to like this show. I saw the promos for it, and the promos were giving Reply 1988 vibes mm-hmm. because it's a period piece, and it felt like the, through the promos that it had a very fun and charismatic female lead. And I am now immersed in internet culture for K-drama. So everyone was losing their minds over their show, and I felt, like, the swelling of emotions, especially towards the end of the show, which the ending of it was a major point of contention for loads of people out there.
1: Oh, my God. And
0: I I kind of gravitated toward the setup being, like, the notebook, like, instead of it being... the husband reading the book. It's the daughter reading the diary. And I'll throw in like Curious Case of Benjamin Button as well with instead of the daughter reading her father's journal, it's the daughter reading her mother's journal. So I liked all of that setup. But to be quite honest with you, I was generally unimpressed with episode one. I felt like it was a rather sad slice of life show because she's obviously still in high school and the show title alludes to ages. So I figured it would be a coming of age story because you have 25, 21 and she is only 18 when we start the show. Right. So I think people were disappointed in the romance because they didn't see it as a coming of age story. They saw it as a straight romance. And I'm here to say, I walked in here thinking (laughs) it was going to be a romance as well, just from what people were gravitating towards and the scenes that they kept, that kept popping up on my feed and stuff. I was like, oh, it's a romance. No, it's not. Like from episode one, I got the vibe. It was a coming of age story.
1: It, it, it kind of, but that's part of it, right? Because the show like twists like four different times. Mm -hmm. So first Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, it's going to be sports. And then- You look at the romance and and you're like, oh, okay, so it's going to be romance because, you know, at some point they're going to meet. Then you start right. making connections between what's happening in the story with what's happening with the framing device. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, there's no man in the picture, so mm-hmm. are we leading mm-hmm. towards it? And it's, no, it's, you know, right. we'll get into it, but they subvert everything.
0: Right. Yes, yeah. they do. Um, I found the male lead just so sad. Um, Becky Jin... <laughs> I found him so melancholy and neutered and you just get the sense that he's depressed or at the very least withdrawn. I felt so bad for him and just like the synopsis said that he loses his chai ball status and his family unit I feel like was the worst part of it because his family got disbanded along with the bankruptcy yep. and he was so alone and lost and just so diligent immediately finding a part-time job in a new town and I was like... And a this room guy, for rent,
1: like in someone's shed, just like he was yes. so defeated from the jump. I was like, damn, dude. I, this is yeah, the first I was episode. like,
0: oh my God. Like, this is, yeah, this is all episode one. Like, this is not really spoiling anything. No. I was like very amazed that they built or wrote this male lead. And then I loved, loved Kim Terry's Naido. I just thought she was like frothing the entire show. So resilient and reckless. You can't help but love her and root for her, want to be near her. She's like the sun, like giving Mm -hmm. warmth to everyone around her, giving life to those in her orbit. And I loved every moment that she was on screen. So,
1: so spunky.
0: Spunky. Yeah. Props to Kinteri because I think she created a beautiful character.
1: I agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree because it's, so, every time she was around, she was like beaming and mm-hmm. she was like relentlessly kind to everybody around her. She's like, mm-hmm. no, we can all do. Th-. She had that very strong collectivist thing going for her. Like, OK, like even if you don't like me, it doesn't matter. Like we we can all succeed if we really want to. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Here for it. So now that we have our first impressions out of the way, please elaborate on how the show kind of went for you and in a general sense like I know we can really go off the rails but we're gonna save it for spoiler section
1: absolutely so god where do I even start Uh,
0: (laughs) what was your favorite part you said that it kind of took because the show was so twisty you were kept watching and were invested because of different things so like what were those things for you
1: so at first I was invested because of the sports angle Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love a good sports drama and I love romance dramas, too. So when it started with the sports, I was like, OK, I'm in. And then I learned it's an esoteric sport, so I'm super in. But then it takes a turn, right? Because I thought, all right, surely at some point, like with all most Korean dramas, it's going to fall into a trope and I'm going to mm-hmm. be able to predict the rest of the show. Absolutely could not see it coming. So without giving anything really away, it starts off at sports. Then yeah. it takes a tilt to romance. Then it takes a tilt to friendship, then it takes t- a tilt to competition, and then it takes a tilt to acceptance mm. and just like life on a much bigger picture that I haven't mm-hmm. seen in a K drama in a K drama in a very long time. Mm-hmm. So throughout the episode, so the first like four episodes, I'm like, yeah, okay, she's gonna get it, she's gonna compete, and then once it takes that first turn, I'm like, oh, I don't know where this is going anymore, <laughs> but I love it because now. And I'm sure this has happened to you as well. Like when you're watching a Korean drama, you see where it's going like a quarter of the way through. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm, no matter how good it is, you know, you know how it's going to end. But oh, and can we just talk about how that's due in part to dog like these episodes were long, (laughs)
0: long as shit, bro. These
1: episodes were mad long. Like they were an hour and 16 minutes each. What? And for what? And for I was like, okay, maybe the intro and no, the intro and the outro (sighs) total are like a minute and a half. Mm hmm. They are very dense episodes. Yes. But there's no filler, I don't think, or at least barely I any.
0: didn't feel like there was any.
1: No. So my favorite thing about it was that it always kept me guessing. That's really mm. my favorite part about the show. The characters all work beautifully together. Yeah. They have their own motivations throughout the show, which I, I, I really like that. Like, the characters all had their motivation. We never fell into, like, a love triangle with mm-hmm. Naido's rival and with uh, Jin,
0: it's okay. <laughs>
1: he, we never fought, fell into like a rival with each, or like a love triangle with was uh, rival or Yijin. Like there was no. I thought there was gonna go towards a love triangle. It never did.
0: Yeah.
1: The side characters uh, were both extremely vibrant. Mm-hmm. We got Seongwan, who's like very smart, very clever,
0: mm-hmm. and a
1: friend of hers who's basically like a brother to Wong, mm-hmm. who. They work so well together. and They're so funny in every scene they're in. Yeah. Every actor just plays to so many strengths. I love it. I love it. I
0: loved it too. I really like this crew. It's one of my favorite crews to date in a K-drama. And mm-hmm. I think the drama works not just with this crew, but because they put them in this setting. And I yeah. think I read somewhere that it was like retro nostalgia is in.
1: Yeah. I heard about this. I heard about it. what, like what are your booming. thoughts on
0: this? Because I feel like that's a major point for the Reply series, which I don't know if you've seen the Reply series, but like Reply 1988, 97, and 94 all work to the same degree as this does, where you're just enchanted by the nostalgia of this setting that is reproduced in detail
1: you <laughs> and know, current uh, events
0: being a huge p- plot driver for these characters.
1: It's... I really love it because normally nostalgia can be regarded with a lot of sentimentality. But I've noticed a lot with a lot of shows, both Western and Eastern shows, is they're utilizing it a lot better. Like, oh, this happened. Like, it would be like making a show that takes place in 2019 and everything's going well. And we know what happens in 2020 Mm. and how that's going to affect everything. Nostalgia is in right now, I think, because there's something so romantic about limitations. The characters can't be on their phones all the time. They can't fall into a predictable trope for us now of, oh, it's going to be a social media scandal. Like, no, like the characters have to get to a payphone. Mm-hmm. They have to fight for who gets to check out their the full house manga. Like mm-hmm. the characters have to go <laughs> check one out. Th- those limitations make for better writing because mm-hmm. not everything is immediately accessible to these characters. Right. But also there's kind of the novelty, I think, that... Back then, things were a lot simpler. and the little pleasures like, you have Nahito who goes to the bakery and buys a bunch of uh, different kinds of buns. Mm -hmm. And underneath, she collects the stickers from them so she can keep them in her little journal. Yeah. That's like the equivalent of us getting a Cracker Jack box just to get the prize. Mm -hmm. Those little simple pleasures don't really exist anymore. So when you cram all that together, oh, my tape player, my flip phone, the this, Mm -hmm. a disconnected day at the beach. I think that kind of thing's really popular now since everybody's so fatigued with technology. Mm. So it makes for an easy thing to write for, all those limits. I
0: love that. I love how you put that. Um, speaking of the current events being a major plot driver, how did you feel without going into spoilers? How did you feel about that device? Because we st- and this is not, this is not necessarily a spoiler, but the first current event we have that enters the show is the IMF crisis right. in the late nineties. Yeah, yeah. So how did you feel about that? I think I had mixed feelings towards the end of the show
1: yeah Um, complex
0: feelings I should revise that too (laughs) there's definitely
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's something to be said. so the IMF crisis obviously serious right but I'm not sure if it's something that we felt inherently right so Mm -hmm. I saw it as like okay this is kicking off the plot and I'm sure it has an impact for people that affected directly um, I don't have much memory of that, if any, or, you know, really mm-hmm. a lot of context for that. So I actually had to look into that and I'm like, oh, OK, so I'm this is tragic and horrible, but it's kicking off the story. Mm-hmm. The problem that I have with using current events for any kind of plot drive, no, especially as they increase in scale, which we'll get to later, mm-hmm. is it makes me wonder how long we're allowed to linger on them and what effect it's going to have on the writing because it's like, yeah, we can center something around this, but at some point it feels kind of awkward, you know, mm. I don't know we'll, we'll we'll have to get in. I, I have I have mixed feelings about it. I do have least. mixed
0: feelings about it. And you're right that I also don't have direct memories with the IMF crisis. But later on in the show, it comes into clearer view, like what they're what they're doing. Hmm. And I don't know. I I kind of have mixed feelings like it's like watching a war movie, and obviously I wasn't alive during World War II or one, and you're kind of like you're removed a yeah. little bit from it. You're just far away enough from it. You're just far away enough for it to be somewhat entertaining. like if it's a movie, you're you're there to be, you know, mm-hmm. emotional or what have you and it ultimately entertain this one gets way closer to home and i got extremely i mean i was like kind of frozen like i was like oh my god like it went here and i don't know we'll have to go into how our feelings were with um yeah with that i think Mm -hmm. what did you think of this romance (laughs) i think a lot of people were sold on it because of this romance between becky Jin and naido
1: I liked their romance because without, you know, I, I like their romance a lot because it's not the romance that you would expect to get. Typically, it's mm-hmm. not like the, oh, oppa, yeah, you know, like, here's my boyfriend, like, no, this is more like, because he is a couple of years older. Yeah, uh,
0: he's eight, 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 four, four years, about older. four
1: years older, and she's still in high school, but she's 18. So, you know, whatever. But it I mean not <laughs> sounds horrible. Main yeah. thing is there's an age gap, uh, but the romance that's in this, it feels more platonic mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. what they advertised it as. Yes. Like 100%. this is more of a hey, I'm looking out for you. You need to grow up. And Naido is like, I might not know what's going on with you, but I'm gonna help you through it. Mm-hmm. So at first it looks like super romantic and we think it's going there, but I don't think it does. Yeah. I don't think it does. I think it's meant to be a platonic, almost almost mentor-like relationship. I don't know if that's mm. probably the right way of putting it. But it's very upperclassmen, lowerclassmen style romance. Right. I bought it because it was cute, and I bought it because there's definitely feelings there. Yeah. But what I ultimately loved was what it turned out to be. Uh, it, it was a lot more complex than what it seemed at first. And I think it was the right direction for the show. Absolutely.
0: So. I think this is like a higher ed 402 kind of class in romance writing because it is not tropey. It is not basic in any way. I felt like this had a lot more complexity to it. And there was a lot to read between the lines.
1: Yes, there was so much unspoken stuff that really just kept reverberating stuff. throughout the show.
0: Yes. And even so what good. they were talking, like they were so many lines in this show that really stood out to me and I had to write them down because they were so moving and impactful for me and a lot of them were just encouraging lines between the two leads that they were encouraging each other through life and that is something that you don't quite see very often in K-dramas where it's like Mm -hmm. let's forego the hand-holding and let's forego the piggyback rides and let's forego all this shit and just like get to the meat of it, which is they're doing life together without being, you know, explicitly rom- romantic partners.
1: The writing has kind of, I don't know how I'm going to approach, like not to oversell it, but the writing has really put me in a position where if I don't see another K- drama like this soon, <laughs> I don't know what we're like. I'm going to I'm going to start going through these other ones like because, <laughs> yeah, yeah well i mean we'll get into it we'll
0: get into it um last thing i do want to talk about or not the last thing second to last thing is the mother-daughter relationship which i felt like was really more crucial than i think even the show let on it was almost like the aftertaste of the show to me was this Mm. mother-daughter relationship and how there is a deep rift between generations And the framing device of the daughter reading the mom's journal felt kind of superfluous after a while. And I thought to myself, maybe they could have done without it completely because the past sequences are so riveting. Yeah. And I thought they didn't need the mother-daughter relationship in the present day. But then that feels like they're negating part of their thesis of the show where mother-daughter relationships are crucial. And it is a comment on generational trauma and how the ones who came before had their own worries and problems, whether it's the IMF crisis or like today, a global pandemic, which again is very clearly um, displayed the in the show. Yeah. So there is common ground and we can understand each other. And I think that is a major point of the show that they wanted to make.
1: Yeah. And I think, cause I, I felt the same way about the framing device, like about five episodes in, it's like, Oh, this mm-hmm. is completely unnecessary. But the more, and like, and you said the right word, trauma, like bro, trauma for days Like <laughs> in this show, like they are yeah. both going through it. But ultimately I love how it, we came to a point where it's like, Oh, this is why they gave us the framing device. Cause in present day they're behaving one way towards each other. And in the past they're behaving another. So it gives us a chance to come full circle and show, Hey, this is how we got here. And mm-hmm. without that framing device, I believe we would have missed out on a huge point, like the whole point of the show. Mm -hmm. So, eh, eh, interesting, but it was rough. Like watching that mother-daughter relationship, especially the first eight episodes, was rough.
0: Rough as shit.
1: Ennui, like indifference. Yeah. The mom was just unrelenting, never particularly cruel, just unmoving. Un- intimidating.
0: more than anything she seems so intimidating to me
1: nothing she said it's like she could have like broke down and told her mom she hated her and she'd still be like with that same face and it's like so when are you going out again just nothing everything just swirls around her mm.
0: nuts yeah. so on to lighter things <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what did you think of this ost cute i loved yeah. it it was really I love cute this ost uh, the main song the theme song you must my starlight you want my st-. it's so good I love it um, my favorite song on the OSC is I think um, I want to say it's by Gao no it's mm. like Wein- Weinstein maybe oh god mm. I'm butchering it I don't have it in front of me but anyway it's kind of like um, maybe I'll put it at the end of this episode I'll just put it at yeah, the end I'll of this episode and end. we'll call oh, it yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's good yeah. But all the songs are really good. It had a retro feel to it. And it definitely felt like it was drawing inspiration from the music of the time.
1: For sure. And I like that about it. Like
0: unapologetically trying to be of the time, with a little bit of modern sensibility thrown in, which is They
1: nice. didn't slip up. They never no. slipped up a single time they had the music. And even I love how the intro visually looks like a VHS tape. Like mm. it looks really like, you know, scratched up, like indented. Mm-hmm. I loved it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's good. It so cute. we'll wrap up with fun facts, and then we'll give our scores, and then spoilers. Yes. Sound good? Okay. Sound good. So the two actresses we have Kim Tae and Bona. They both underwent fencing lessons from actual gold medalists to be convincing fencing fencing champions in this show, which I loved.
1: Believe Nam Joo
0: Hyuk yeah. did his own homework. He met with a sports journalist and learned about the current situation and what's trending in hot and hot in news these days, and he wanted to basically effectively portray an aspiring reporter, All right. And what he should, what aspects he should zero in on. Respect, mad respect there too.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Research is everything.
0: Teddy, I thought it was a wig. She got bangs to look younger. <laughs> and she said she did some great skin care. <laughs> and did research on the fashion of the time by looking at old magazines so i found that really endearing as well but she's just kind of like fully committed can you imagine like doing that hairstyle for like however long they filmed
1: literally and then i was like (laughs) and the super juvenile clothes like the what is it like the rompers and the Mm -hmm. the oversized t-shirts yeah the really baggy flowy clothes
0: i'll tell you what i had a pair of those adidas that she had on with, like, yeah. the hard um, tip, you know what I'm saying?
1: Oh, oh the, um, the tortoise shell. Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. had a
0: pair of those when I was in school. And I when she wore those, I was like, oh, God, it was like whiplash from we're the back. nostalgia. Yeah, we're back. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> those came back in style in 2016, too. I still have, like, two pairs in my class. <laughs> like- <laughs>
0: Oh my God, we can talk some stats right now. It was one of the highest rated Korean dramas in cable television history. Whoa, really? And yes, so it's sitting at number 18. For reference, number 17 just above it is Hotel de Luna. and right below it is reply 1994, there which is, I think it's spiritual predecessor. Wow. And it was featured in Netflix's Global Top 10 and that's a big deal. Um, it's been great company because you know Squid Game did the same thing. Business mm. proposal did the same thing as well. Um, she, Kinthari, is stated to have emerged as the new nation's first love because of this drama.
1: Jesus, <laughs>
0: they don't throw around those those titles no, lightly.
1: That's 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 massive. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And of course, you mentioned it. The Manwa <laughs> Full House got a bump in sales. A thousand. 44% in February 22. <laughs> That's Damn. insane. And then the following month they got a 24.3 sales increase compared to the previous month. So it like even went up wow, even so more. So like a
1: thousand sixty something percent in total. You yeah. could actually add me to that list.
0: <laughs> Did you buy Full House? Yes.
1: I recently <gasps> got an iPad so I bought like I was like oh like this looks like a really cool. I love you know this about me already. I'm a huge early to mid 90s manga fan. Mm-hmm. So like Mars and Peach Ooh. Girl and stuff like like all of that. So when I saw them holding these books, I'm like, I've never read that. I'm mm-hmm. gonna fix that now. So <laughs> I bought all of them for my iPad. I was like, Oh
0: my god, I was all in. So, bro,
1: happy to contribute to the stats because you're that it's stat. A, it's a vibe. That's you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's a vibe. I think the last thing we can say is that it's up for a few becksong awards, and we should mm-hmm. find out fairly soon. Uh, Probably within a week or so of this recording, if they actually won Best Drama, if Kim Teddy won Best Actress, and if Choi Hyo Nook won Best New Actor, those are still up in the air right now. But we'll I to hope bed, it they'll does. win.
1: I mean, at this point,
0: I think Kim Teddy is the favorite for Best Actress, mm. but so. she has stiff competition. It was a pretty decent year in acting in K drama, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah,
1: we'll see how it goes. <laughs> All
0: right, what did you give this show out of five Soju bottles?
1: I gave it 4.75. <laughs> Four and three quarter. Can, can, is that? Can I do decimals? 4. Yeah, you can do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 4.75 bottles of yeah. soju. I spilled wow. one of the shots. That's what we have. <laughs> yeah. Very, very highly rated. Um, I think that the drama subverts so many expectations. It has an uncommon focus for Korean dramas on friendship and growth, uh, personal growth, and growth as a group. Uh, I love that it touches on themes of how fleeting youth can be, uh, but also showing how impactful those brief moments and brief moments with people have in our lives. Mm. It it had so much going on that focuses on the bigger picture of life, yeah. and I found that so beautiful and so uncommon. So, I, I, yeah, four point seven five. Like, nice. It, it gets a lot.
0: I think I agree. I think I'm gonna have to give it like a. I'll do four and a half mm-hmm. out of five, which is the highest I think that I've rated a show on Devak Ramble. Huh. Well, yeah. so there we go. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It was it's amazing. So
1: it's so good. I'm actually really gonna. Re, I'm gonna be rewatching it in a couple of weeks. Now that I know what I'm. Yeah, I'm already planning on rewatching it because now that I know, like I keep saying, like it changed so much. But now that I know where it started and where it ended up, I
0: mm-hmm. want to see
1: it with that context and really yeah. just. Watch it again. I, I absolutely love
0: show. amazing. Yes. Okay, we're gonna <laughs> talk spoilers and all the details right after this. you want to come in? All right, Miguel. We're on the other side of spoilers, so anything Thank goes. Thank God. Let's talk Thank about God. this. <laughs> Thank the Lord. We got this section here. Um, where do you want to start? I think that oh God. I think what everyone wants to talk about is probably the romance and how we felt about the final couple of episodes, because that's the part where people really started to lose their shit, especially online, where people just had like no filter, were really upset and distraught by the there ending. Were forks. People there were pitchforks. There were pitchforks. Pissed. People were mad, mad like, about it.
1: And I knew that going <laughs> in. Because when I was Googling it to get the synopsis, you, you yeah. know, you see the first I didn't read any spoilers, but I would see it's like, what is that ending? What is this ending? <laughs> what am I going to do for the next few weeks? How can I go on? I was like, oh, my God. Like, oh, my
0: God. What happened?
1: They, they went through it. But I don't yeah. know, I don't agree. I actually love the ending.
0: I have oh. to side with you on this. I think I really liked the ending. I thought it was very fitting and, and felt so fulfilling in a way
1: yes
0: i i guess we can get into it but
1: i think there's a I factor have a few, here what <laughs> i think we're on the other side of the age where oh. our expectations are well go ahead and let's, no no, no. Go i think
0: this is a good point to make really fast is that we i'm okay with unhappy endings so to speak yeah or if they don't end up together by the end for sure I think yeah. that there's an argument that people are having is that K-dramas nowadays are trending toward more realistic endings and more <laughs> realism in the in the dramas in general. And I don't give two shits about that. Like if yeah, because there's so it. many K-dramas that are still sticking to like the tropes and the clichés and uh they do end up together, happy endings, happily ever after and all that crap. Yep. So like you're still getting your fix. It's just not I guess in the dramas that they are really invested in. So for this yeah. one, they were expecting them to stay together in the end and they don't
1: no they don't and there's so much about this ending that I love that I really don't even know where to start so mm. I'll just go through the process here like okay you yeah. know Hido and you know
0: Becky Jin
1: <laughs> Becky Don, I'm so sorry Hido and Becky it's okay. Jin okay so Nanido and Becky Jin they just kind of they meet in a, an uncommon circumstance Mm-hmm. Right. Like Hido is trying to get herself in trouble because she mm-hmm. has that childlike mind of, well, if I get in trouble and I'm a delinquent, I could transfer to the school that I need to. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you re- you look at that and you're like, that is something you would have cooked up when you were in high school. Right. So she ends up in the wrong place. Ejin uh, is looking up for her and just says, look, that's a dumb idea. Just go about <laughs> this the right way. And right. that's kind of our kickoff. So throughout the show, we see not so much in a. Av- I don't even see where it becomes an overt romance until mm. deep into the show. Probably yes. like episode 12.
0: Yes. Same. Or 13, I think. 13, actually. Yeah. When I was like, okay, there you go. Like, Right. Something. And
1: even then leading up to it, they were more like supporting each other. It's like, oh, I know you're broke, but I don't mind because we're friends. And he doesn't know much <laughs> about like fencing, but he's supporting her too because he wants to right. see her succeed. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't become overtly romantic until really late into the show. Mm -hmm. But what I love about that is when you're watching it, they're both loving each other or it's starting to turn romantic at an arm's length. Mm. They both know from the jump. And even Hito's mom says it's like, you know, this isn't going to work. Right. This isn't going to work because, you know, you're just you're going to be another version of me. You're not going to be around She's going to have these disappointments and it doesn't matter because it it really doesn't have anything to do with you either because she's going to be super busy. Like she's trying to win the gold. Mm -hmm. This is this is not going to work. And that's fine. But I love that they subverted the well against all odds we're going to make it work. Right. They just kept hanging out and saw what happened and there was something there, but they knew all along that there was no way it was going to work. Right. So I I found that. that
0: Yeah, I love that too. I found a lot of meaning meaning in the dialogue that they shared together and that they insistently said that they would support each other through thick and thin. And there was no promises of we're going to make it as a couple together. We're going to make it as apart is was like the major, you know, crux of their conversations was that even if we're apart, which we eventually will be. Yeah. We're going to support each other. We're going to love each other regardless. We're going to care for each other. We're going to look out for each other. That was the major thing of their relationship. And I appreciated that so much that they didn't really try. Like they tried to make it work together, but they also knew when to give up. And that's also a major theme of the show is knowing when to give up in sports and in relationships. When to call it quits.
1: Like, it's enough. Like, this is not, this isn't going to work. This isn't
0: working. Yeah, I'm exhausted. That was, like, the major yeah. thing is, like, when people became exhausted, they tended to quit. Yes. And if there was no goal in place for them or if they were removed from whatever it is they initially loved, it it was inevitable that they were going to call it quits and give up. And it was th- that Kate, that same way for that one teammate that they had that it was like, she was like, I want to quit fencing and they made her go through hoops to like finally quit. But it was enough. It was very telling for me when she won the quarterfinals, one advancement Mm -hmm. into the quarterfinals. And they were like, okay, well now you can quit, but why don't you just keep going? And she was like, no, I'm good.
1: No, this is it. I proved that I can do it. And Mm -hmm. I proved that I can quit. She was given the opportunity to show one last time, like, Hey, if you don't feel it, even after this victory, Mm -hmm. You're good. Yeah. That was a theme that ran throughout the whole show is the giving show. up. Yeah. Yeah. Like we got. They
0: even started it with that because the daughter, yeah. Naido's daughter wants to give up ballet.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> why, why are you thinking that people are going to stick it out when the major theme of the show is knowing when to give up?
1: There was. And I actually really found that refreshing, subverting this very toxic idea There's this idea, well, you got to keep going. You have to make it work. Right. Especially when it comes to, you know, competitive sports in any region in the world. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: when her coach was like, no, I need her to realize that she's going to quit. And if she's going to quit, she needs to know that she's going to quit. And I love that they didn't do that very... And I know the word gets tossed around a lot, but I, I love that they didn't do that super toxic thing where it's like, you know what? I can do this. I'm going to be the best fencer. Like, she's like, no, I want to quit. I want to become a baker. I don't want to do this anymore. Right. You had the smart girl, <laughs> Ji Sung, who <laughs> obsessed, obsessed with Ji Like, she was probably my second favorite character. not even going to lie. Because she had so much going on. With her, I love that, They established early on that she was more interested in her personal life. She runs a secret Mm. midnight radio show.
0: Right.
1: She's class president and she's good at school, but she doesn't care about school. I loved her character. Hard to find. Hard to find Mm -hmm. that concept. And when she was like, you know what? I don't I don't want to be in this school anymore. I'm just gonna leave. (laughs) So
0: I loved her resolve and how they really did craft a unique character where she thinks she's good at everything. Everything academia is not even an issue for her, but she finds life boring and she finds that life is no fun unless she's hanging out with her cantankerous friends. They bring so much joy and life into her world. And if they are in jeopardy or if they're hurting, she will drop everything to be there for them.
1: Yeah, she makes it work.
0: And I love that moment in episode 11 where she calls the police garadura, for be- for calling them out on the corporal pu- punishment.
1: Yeah. she's like, what so wh- I love that. she so we have a super abusive teacher, you know, mm-hmm. and she puts them in this place because at this point corporal pan- punishment was banned. Mm-hmm. And after calling the police and realizing they're not gonna do anything, that teacher tries to get in her face about it she's like, so what? you're gonna beat me to a pulp until I comply. I'm not mm-hmm. issuing an apology. Mm-hmm. Graduating from this school is gonna be an embarrassment. So I quit. And then her mom gets down there and reams everybody Woo! in that office. My Great only regret moment. is my daughter had to go to this disgusting <laughs> embarrassment of a school. And where's my papers to sign? Like yes. she's so mad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love when she says I don't want to live my life minding my own business just because it doesn't concern me.
1: Yeah. Amazing
0: amazing yeah amazing. the like, abusive teacher everybody. plot line it was Am- really good oh my god so good they really wrote it it just made it sing right the radio girl going head-to-head with the abusive teacher
1: Amazing. oh man i love the i found uh, it super what emotional do? <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you gonna do now i'm gonna get a perm <laughs>
0: I loved her, like the balls on her, and she really, she understood the gravitas of what she was doing, yeah. dropping out of school two months before the CCAT, or CSAT, or whatever it was, um, and still, she was like, I know I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. It was beautiful.
1: It was. The it mom was unleashing anyway. hell in
0: the administration's office was the icing on the cake. <laughs> I was so live. here for it. Right?
1: I was so here for it. I it love was, it. What are like? There was uh, there was one more. So she has a friend who's basically like a brother to her, mm-hmm. which is really interesting because they went into the whole kind of divorced, uh, divorced family mm-hmm. thing, and how yeah. he lives with his mom, but he's not that close with his. I thought that was very very interesting. Mm-hmm. But also how he's the polar opposite of her. <laughs> he's just like yes, lackadaisical, <laughs> A little bit delusional, but kind of cute, kind of funny, kind of smart. In, smart ass. Yeah, smart ass more than anything. <laughs> but ultimately like heart of gold type of airhead in a way. Yeah,
0: yeah, just a kid with uh, so much potential, but he doesn't know where to like use it. Or yeah, and they hammered his down the
1: school is meaningless thing. Like they really yeah. do. He's like, yeah. yeah, like I like dressing pretty. I, You know, I loved his arc. I loved his yeah. Yeah, work. He's like, art. I love looking pretty. I love feeling popular. I love being on stage. And then that evolves to taking photos for a blog for fashion, which <laughs> evolves into him owning his own fashion house. Yeah. That's how things worked back then. So Epic. it was so cool to see. I was like, yeah. Ahh. Yeah.
0: Loved it. One more thing um Songwon or yeah Songwon gets a great moment of fulfillment in the final episode where she meets um the brother the younger brother uh-huh. of Becky Jin <laughs> because it was like he was like her fan when he was in school he was like and,
1: obsessed yeah.
0: yeah and she was like I'll wait for you or whatever <laughs>
1: I love how she puts her finger on her chin and looks at the camera and she's like, looks like I get to have some fun now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was so fulfilling and funny. And that was actually a great cameo from, I forget his name, but he was in the Red Sleeve most mm-hmm. recently, which was another like did gangbusters. And it was a historical K-drama. Loved him in that. He was pretty wretched. But anyway, Careful he that. had a great cameo in this. So <laughs> appreciate that. Um, I think you mentioned or nobody mentioned this, but I will. The relationship between naido and Koyurim, which Mm. evolved wildly throughout the show
1: like three times
0: unbelievable how did they do that
1: i don't know how they pulled it off because they made it believable i guess it was with the runtime of the episodes because my god but like (laughs) they were villains like naido like yeah i I love the idea that naido admired her from afar Mm. for so long like dropping the umbrella to her and putting a drink in her locker and all this other stuff right and i love that Naido didn't really protest like but i was your biggest fan i did all this stuff for you like they let that unfold naturally
0: Mm.
1: and then they were chatting i don't know how i feel about the chat thing yet though
0: so yeah did you that was like a major not major but it was a mystery of the show like who did you think the chat room pen pal was because it was introduced in the very first episode, and I, knew I always thought it was Callie Yeah,
1: like there was no. They were trying
0: to like fake it out that it was Pecky Jin, and I'm like, there's no way that it's Becky Jin. It has to be her arch nemesis. Has it's a little
1: chintzy. It's a little cheap, but mm. you know what? It lays the foundation for them being able to transition from being rivals to strongly like being very close friends. Yeah. Without that element of them knowing everything about each other anonymously that Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have bought that they became friends. So, okay, fine. They chatted online. Coincidence. Okay, I'll buy it. Did you
0: you ever send emails like that to someone?
1: Yes. Yes, I do. Shout out to Petra Sexto. (laughs) Not her real name um <laughs> Oh my God. Chatted for seven and a half years on and off. We know every single detail of each other's lives. Like, we met through mafia wars on Facebook back in the ancient days of Facebook, like 2009.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So, her, a few other people, like, I have people that I've chatted with online that I'm super, super close to. And,. Mm. But never met and they certainly weren't my <laughs> nemesis in the end. But yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. I had a giant computer in my room when I was growing up and I totally was emailing. I had a crush. It was a family friend Ooh. and I would email him and he would email me back and it was so cute. I had so much fun and I just like remember the feeling of like, oh my God, I got an email. We don't have that
1: feeling anymore. No, no anticipation.
0: No anticipation of like, oh, let me check my email and see if they emailed me
1: it was the best and that's where the nostalgia comes in right? Mm -hmm. I know you know what it is you and I know what it was like we were born in that like twilight of two very sharp technologies I mean Mm. we had CD players (laughs) like my god so we know what it's like to have and if you had
0: anti skips CD players you were rich
1: (laughs) oh yeah if you were on the bus and you were still (laughs) vibing when it was like boom (laughs)
0: like (laughs) bruh The like kid oh, on the, the block. total like freak out of. But the if you CD had the skipping. iPod,
1: but if you had the iPod, you were like the writ You were like rit- oh yeah fresh. yeah like yeah, yeah. It's like oh he doesn't have to worry about that.
0: <laughs> Never had to struggle. No. <laughs> yeah, but I, I um going back to that relationship between Naido and Koyudim, I almost felt like at the beginning it was a don't meet your idol situation because yeah. she was so cruel to Naido for. Pretty much no reason. It was just because of the mounting pressure behind why she was fencing in the first place. She was fencing initially because she liked fencing. But then Koyurim ended up fencing just to support her family. Yeah. So she was pressured into this rivalry. And I feel like nowadays we're really a lot more sensitive about female rivalries not just in sports, but in pop culture in general, because yeah. we've lived through the Britney versus Christina. We've lived through all of these like stupid rivalries. Lindsay Lohan that
1: versus w- Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff. Short lived, but really aggressive and horrible. Yes. Yeah.
0: And it was really fueled by the media.
1: Yeah. 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 Well and truly. Oh, uh, Christy Carlson Romano from Even Stevens. Yeah. Against Hillary Duff. Apparently she said in a podcast recently that the entire cast of Even Stevens was like, oh, watch out for the Lizzie McGuire crew. That's a new show that's starting. You guys got to be better. You guys got to be. And they pit these kids against each other. So, yeah, like you're right. We're more sensitive to it now because it was a thing.
0: It was a thing. And especially I think female against female is not that popular anymore i think we've become we've outgrown it and we've learned from it learned from our mistakes and we're getting better at it and i love that this show turns into a women supporting women thing
1: it's beautiful it's beautiful it's beautiful like uh, they support each other they push each other forward for a moment there there is a moment where the media kind of twists up their words Mm-hmm. And you know they were kind of too embarrassed to email each other at, at like keep emailing at some point yeah but, yeah and I thought they were gonna do that trope where it's like oh you hated me you didn't like mm-hmm. it. but no they didn't <laughs> they both understood that it was the media and they missed yeah. each other very much but yeah they still supported each other in the end it was that great. was a
0: beautiful moment and I have that in my notes too from episode fourteen <laughs> it was Yura's farewell at or yudim's farewell at the airport where he though says every moment we spent together made me happy oh my god that's the, this is like the real romance of the oh show is between Naido and though and
1: it was the friendship the, the, yeah. the friendship was so good
0: it was beautiful and i loved every minute of them and episode 15 i think this is where you're talking about where there was like all this misunderstanding they couldn't get a hold of each other for whatever reasons and then mm-hmm they hug at, at the madrid games after he the wins and and they're like
1: oh. sobbing and just like i'm sorry and she's like no you don't have to apologize oh i understand god. i was like oh my god <laughs>
0: yeah i thought the the friendship went beyond friendship and went into them being sisters
1: Basically. Yeah. They became so close.
0: Yeah. It was beautiful to see. I appreciate that the show managed to give this really beefy arc to the both of them and Mm -hmm. their relationship. You don't see this kind of thing often in K-dramas. You really don't.
1: No. And I love that Koyurim, if we're looking at just how the characters start to end up, there was a very clear trajectory for all the characters. And I'm glad that everybody got to succeed in their own way. Mm. So had to give up her nationality and Mm. transfer to Russia, which is loaded in all sorts of ways. So she can just look like I I have to support my family. I love Mm -hmm. that she was very adamant about that. People would call her a traitor and she's like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. I need to support Mm -hmm. my family. I need to make it work. Mm -hmm. Not only does she make it work, she ends up being rich, working for an international school and her life is wonderful. Yeah,
0: starting her own fencing school and – know she's making money I think this is one of those cases where k-dramas they usually think that money is the root of all evil and that money is bad but they love success stories and they love tribals so it's like a really weird catch-22 with their views on money and rich people but in this case they were really appreciative and they did her a kindness how they wrote her where in the end, she was like, I, I need money. I love money. I want to make money. That's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm in fencing. It's my job. That.
1: that. That speech that she gave at the noodle yes. shop was, mm.
0: it was almost
1: like, there was a couple of moments throughout the show, and I'm not mad at it, where you could tell the writers were like trying to push a point on the audience, like mm. it, almost to the point where it broke the fourth wall. Right. When he comes back with the money, gives it back, and is like, we don't support traitors in here. She's like, what, did you give up your nationality? I play for money. You make noodles for money. I right. work and fence for money. Like it was so hammered in that point.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: she was such a badass when she gets the money. So I'm not a trader. I'm a customer. Give me my noodles.
0: Boom, I was bitch. like. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was so great. There was definitely when she slammed the money back on the table. That was actually a mic drop. So <laughs>
1: Hardcore. There's
0: no question about it. And the part of their, or goyudims transformation throughout the show is that she is doesn't like to rock the boat she doesn't like to stand up for herself she is way more introverted and content with being basically having people walk all over her and not retaliating in any way and this was a culmination of her transformation and being with um, Naido for so long is that a little bit of Naido rubbed off on her, and she actually stood up for herself in that scene. It was beautiful. I like yeah. appreciated it so much. The full circle aspect of that is a beautiful thing to do in writing, where you have a character start off in one place and then you have their arc, but you also you don't just have like a great friendship out mm-hmm. of it that they were once enemies, but they change each other. Iron sharpens iron. Yes. That's biblical.
1: It is, and all the characters started kind of borrowing from each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, Koyurim learned like, you know, maybe I don't have to be this way. And Mm -hmm. like, Yijin learned like, okay, like we can be friends, but I can also do my job. Like there was, there was so much going on and everyone learned from everyone. Loved it. I
0: loved it. Koyurim, last thing I'll say about Koyurim is that she gets a CD player with no CDs from her dad. I felt this on a deep level. I felt this on a deep level because, and this is a quick story I'll share, is I got a... Michael Jackson thriller vinyl as a gift from one of my very good friends one of my best friends at the time and I got it and I was like thanks because at no point did I ever say I was that big of a Michael Jackson fan and at no point did I say I wanted to get into vinyl I never owned a vinyl did not have a, like a record player I was like confused really befuddled by the gift because I, I was like where is this coming from it's like I I can't even give an equivalent of it. It's just like, I can't even play this. It's bizarre. And it it was like a crappy looking like uh, record to, like not the record itself, but the. um,
1: The uh, cover?
0: Yeah, the cover was like all like banged up. Like, yeah, it was just like, she was like, you know, happy birthday, whatever. And I was like, cool. Um, Yeah, I like Michael Jackson as much as the next person, but this is.
1: In what universe? In what
0: universe? I
1: was like, let me go I listen to
0: music on Spotify. Why did you give me a vinyl? <laughs> it was a bizarre gift. And I yeah. co- totally felt her pain of getting the CD player with no CDs. It's like, and, and then in that like, oh, no, era too. Thanks. That's <laughs> thanks.
1: Even burning a CD was like out of the question i know at that point so oh,
0: man. there was
1: no way around even her boyfriend who's a bit of a dim way was like everybody <laughs> knows you're supposed to get a cd with a cd player what the hell is wrong with him <laughs> and she's like it's my dad and he goes oh well it's a very thoughtful gift." <laughs> 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 the amount of times he backpedaled throughout the show sent me he's like oh, i know
0: okay <laughs> he stuck his foot in it so many times it was great It was so great. Let's talk about Becky Jin because I feel like he deserves a little bit of a moment just by himself because I feel like we're going to circle back around to the romance in the final two episodes after this. He is so intriguing to me um, because in episode two, he's giving speeches like, I promise I will never be happy again. I will spend my life, my lifetime thinking about how much pain you're in. Promising this to like these desperate people who lost everything in the IMF crisis when his dad's company went bankrupt and they blamed... The dad, who was at fault, but then they went after the children of the chairman as well, like, which didn't make any sense to it's me at all. It's a
1: cultural difference right there. Like, because yeah. if that happens here, if someone rolls up to my door and I was like, your dad con-, I would tell them to go pound sand. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, you're rolling up to me because of what? I'm trying to make dinner.
0: It is yeah. 10
1: p.m. <laughs>
0: go away. <laughs> It has nothing to do with the children. But it was a kind of like sins of the father situation. And the fact that they were getting hounded by creditors, by people who were wronged by their dad because the dad was like a financial criminal. I mean, wild stuff. But he's, I mean, Becky Jin is taking it to heart.
1: I think he was just young enough at that point where he looked at the situation and was like, I can't really do much for my family. So maybe if I can bear the weight... Mm. Of their transgressions and I could show I'm sorry on their behalf. Mm. Maybe that's how what he felt was his contribution. But damn, was that sad.
0: The fact that he was vowing never to be happy again was like crazy to me and also so telling about him because he's long suffering. Yeah, he's the guy that's going to do the right thing up until the very end. He's going to right the wrongs and he's just so like you can't help but feel pity for him.
1: Yeah, because at a certain point, it's like self-flagellation. Like, dude, it doesn't, mm, like, it's not mm, that deep. But, like, I mm, promise you can be okay. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: You could see that he was so desperate and so lonely and just, he was, sad. He was in a place. And I don't think I've seen Nam Hyok in such a desolate place as an actor bringing this to the table. And you kind of get the full picture when he goes to visit the mom with the brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I found the mom so annoying, she's crying and wailing over her husband who's a financial criminal. Like let's not get that yeah, out of our, like, our minds. Yeah, he is at fault. So and but she doesn't care about her children and their well being.
1: What did she say? She said this she disgusting said thing. she said
0: I gave birth to them and they can take care of themselves, but it's not the same for a husband. Oh my. And then in the same breath, she insults her brother who took her <laughs> in. No questions asked. She says that he can't criticize her because he doesn't know anything about love since he's never been married.
1: Uh, a mess. A mess. And Why her Why are all these people like, the the getting catching stray
0: bullets. bullets? The crying was so like just shut up. Yeah. The only
1: ones that win here are Ye- Becky Jin. And the younger brother gets a huge pass because he's been through a lot too, but he's just mm-hmm. young enough to be on the periphery of what any of it means. He still gets embarrassed that his brother works at a, as a fishmonger. Mm-hmm. He laments the fact it's like his older brother used to be so cool. So he's trying to reconcile feelings like, oh, we're broke yeah. and you're lame now. Like, <laughs> so like to, like you know when you're a kid but it's
0: hurtful it is hurtful it, it's
1: super hurtful but he grows too so it works out he definitely
0: grows and I, I did feel a little bit for the little brother because I've been in the situation where and here's an example my grandmother came to pick me up from school one day and mm. she came like uh I think she came walking up outside of the school and was like calling my name. And I was like, this is so embarrassing. And like, I didn't acknowledge her. And that moment is like K drama fodder because she did like break down afterward and come to me and say like, you really hurt me. Like, why, why were were you embarrassed of me? And she wasn't even doing anything. Like, yeah, nobody knew she who she was. Yeah.
1: And even if she did, like, we overestimate how much kids care at that point. we Yeah. be like, yes. oh, yeah, it was his, her mom's, like, crazy. <laughs> or, like, her grandma's crazy. But that's pretty much it. Like, they're yeah. not going to go beyond that. It's like, what's with your grandma? It's like, oh, I don't know. All right, see you tomorrow.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it wasn't even a thing. And I I do feel bad looking back on it because I understand it completely where she's coming from. And I understand Becky Jen's character in this instance because he's like, Whoa why like where's why you hurt me for what
1: (laughs) that's what you just said is basically such a central point i think in how people are going to take this drama like we have enough experiences to look back on. Like we're not like a thousand years old, but we're just old <laughs> enough. We're a little, we're probably a little bit older or a little bit younger than the characters in the end. Maybe well, we're younger than Oh
0: well, No, we're on par with where they are at the, not at the end of not yeah, present day. Not present but, day.
1: But yeah. by the end of it, we're, we're a little bit ahead of that. So we can look at these experiences and be like, oh yeah, well, that makes sense. I think that really drastically affects how you view the show. Mm. especially because i can see both sides yeah i really I see see do feel like i pissed that they did not yes. like but
0: well, what about love doesn't love conquer all
1: it doesn't it does i don't not.
0: think it was necessarily <laughs> just kids being like why can't they get together at the end of the show <laughs> but I, I just think that from the start of the show they were in totally yeah. different stratospheres it wasn't just four years which isn't that big of an age difference at all in the grand scheme of things four years is nothing But from where they were and how they started, she had none of the same traumatic experiences and issues that he had to go through and work through. Like, she never had to do, like, this really demeaning apology to an asshole coworker or somebody because he was, like, um, had seniority over him. And after doing, like... (laughs) After he was right, like Becky Jin was in the right in that instance because mm-hmm. he made the PD kept making them do that risky simultaneous touch thing repeatedly. And it, it's liable to injure the yeah. athletes. And like they did get injured, like
1: call them out. It's like, will you accept responsibility for the ratings. Will you accept the responsibility if our gold medalist injures <laughs> herself in this setting? And he's like, no, and just like huffs away.
0: Yeah, like it just didn't make any sense, honestly, from a from a workplace perspective. Mm-hmm. But in their culture, it does. Yeah, make sense for him to be demoralized in that moment and apologize yeah. to this asshole.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. it <sighs> actually, point of fact with Becky Jean, I, I I found another moment kind of like when Koyuim like slammed her money down and made that little speech, not little, but you know, but. Uh, <laughs> I I found a very similar moment that was kind of almost looking at the audience because you never hear K-dramas mention therapy or mental health.
0: Ooh, yes. So
1: the scene was like, well, you know, like when Naido goes, well, you know, good luck over there. I wish you the best. And if you need help, reach out and get help. I hear it's much easier to get that kind of help in America than it is here. Yes. And it was like I've never seen a show mention mental health at all
0: definitely watch itaewon class because that is groundbreaking for that topic especially i'm in (laughs) and that has pak soju in one of my faves anyway (laughs) side note that's a great point to bring up is that the show was kind of woke in that sense Mm -hmm. is that he was definitely struggling with his mental health the entire show
1: he was falling apart
0: he was falling apart like every other episode no question
1: my heart when he got his car back, though, when he got oh, that car.
0: Oh, yeah. I was like, ah, you're cool again. You got the oh, convertible. It's broken, one thing. but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the Titanic sank, but at least you have the heart of the ocean. <laughs>
1: Bro. How, what, oh, you know what I loved? The beach episode.
0: Oh, that's the best one. But Ooh, it was, that was a undercut good
1: by something that came back to the whole point. So like, the, the, I love that episode. I And that's kind of a trope too, right? There's always a beach. It's like, let's beach, go to the yeah. beach. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, fun in the sun and popsicles and all. Great episode. Very cute. Cemented where the relationships are going for a lot of them. Mm. That whole, oh, this is going to last forever. But the first time this gutted me, the show gutted me, is when they come back to present day. And, uh... He Hito's daughter in present day is like, oh, remember when you went to the beach? And she goes, did we go to the beach? I don't remember going to the beach. Did we go? She's like, yeah, how could you forget? You have all these pictures. It was this. She's like, huh? I wonder when that was. I don't remember. Mm. Like in present day, she literally doesn't remember what at that time felt so important and Mm. fun, like being out with her friends. And this is going to last forever. And the world is ours. She's like, oh, I forgot about that, you know, (sighs) because life goes on. And I was like, damn, like relatable to an insane degree.
0: Yes. It's so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Actually, speaking of that scene, (laughs) not that scene of that episode. This is where they end up in like all that get up that like <laughs> late 90s get up instead of their school uniforms. Like she's when got the walking pic- down night, the street like, and they Bro. pose and they're like, <laughs> I was like yeah. it was so great. But then so Becky Jen rolls up in his car and sees it gets one look at their get up and goes, the trip's been canceled. And <laughs> fucking drives <laughs> off.
1: He floored it, like
0: floored it, bro. That I like was like so excited because that is such a Miguel moment, guys. Like Miguel would one hundred and ten percent be Becky Jin I in that have moment. Peeled the fuck
1: out. I mean, like, <laughs> he, I'm like, so what is this supposed to be? Like, just, <laughs> but Becky Jin differs because he actually goes like stop. He came and lets back catch up. Yeah. I would have been gone, dog. Yeah,
0: like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's so great i uh i really enjoy that moment he's got a lot of moments of uh levity though despite being so sad most of the time like i like mm. when he's surprised at something he's just like <gasps> covers his covers mouth, his mouth. Like, he ah. covers his mouth in shock um
1: when he allows himself to have fun um like when they do the fortune papers or they collect the stickers and he's like oh my god i got this sticker and he's just like <laughs> Which oh yeah. by the way do you know that another trend that I actually saw this earlier, um, the whole buying buns to get the sticker thing
0: oh yeah buns yeah. have been
1: selling out like crazy now
0: get because out. people want
1: to collect the stickers like that's like oh a thing. my god the show's informing so much so there we go it
0: is <laughs> it's changes affecting culture. <laughs> Affecting behavior in the market.
1: <laughs> some bun makers are gonna be very happy. This is like what should I get? Is like a bun- for Squid Game. You
0: should get in on the buns, bro. Mm. You're a baker.
1: I love buns. I love those I know. Oh my gosh. I have and a few then, in instead of like oh. <laughs> spinach and pork, mala noodles. Yeah, what? I think that's gonna be dinner. Yeah, I, rice cooker. Put some water in, steam oh my. them, you're good.
0: Ugh. If you guys want like cooking stuff, definitely follow Miguel. Miguel is a wonderful cook and especially a wonderful baker. And he always does like, I think it's been two years in a row now that you've done like a Christmas shop and yes. done all these really nice pastries for sale. <laughs> Amazing. So shameless plug for for your biz. Hit me up
1: at Christmas time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Episode 11, Becky Jen has a wonderful moment with Hido's mom. Hido's mom mm. is like tipsy outside the restaurant. And she says, like, you know, you've kind of made it. Is this, was this your dream? And he says, oh. no, nah, it wasn't my dream. I don't think not living your dream means you failed at life. And I don't think living your dream means you've succeeded either.
1: Bro. Bro. When I tell you that I literally, I'll send you proof later. I was watching it and I had to take like six pictures. I kept pausing to get the full quote. And I sent it to a friend of mine Mm because I was like, yo, like that was such a great quote. It
0: was beautiful. He's like, my dream
1: right now is to do well at my job. That's it. Yeah. Period. Amazing. One day at a time. One day at a time.
0: Oh, here for it. So gorgeous. Okay. So I think we've circled back around to the ending and our lovers, Naido and Becky Jin. I, again, love every line that they say to each other and i really loved an episode two this was early on the fountain of youth scene. that's what i called it yes yes it was just a moment where she brought him down to her level which yeah. is the simplicity of life having fun and just being young re- reveling in your youth because he's still mm-hmm. young you know he's only 22 i think at the start of the show
1: yeah That's super young. Mm -hmm. And at that age, it may seem older, but it's not. It's not.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He says, I love that you're so reckless. You you remind me of myself at 18. I miss the things I used to worry about. Oh, what a line. Insane. Jesus. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, And then I think episode four was kind of beefy because they have this conversation about tragedy versus comedy and it's all a matter of perspective and she says it feels better when I turn my tragedy into a comedy and he says I heard that every tragedy in life is a comedy if you see it from afar and she says that means we have to live as if we're seeing everything from afar your dream is to be in space let's live as if we see ourselves from there and he says this is terrible I am happy to watch from where I am you're fun to watch even when I'm close
1: that was I don't like where do they get off? <laughs> like this lady was like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> So good. It's the fencing amazing. scene, she ends up fencing with him and mm-hmm. she asks him, Why do you root for me? Even my mom doesn't. And he says, Because you give me hope and I want more for you. So and it makes beautiful. me want to do well too. When you try hard, it makes me want to try hard too. And when you accomplish something, it makes me want to try something. You make other people do well, not just yourself. Amazing. This is when I was like, they're not going to end up together. No. Because, I mean, this is episode four, pretty early. This is, at this point, I'm like, no way are they ending up together. It's like they were saying
1: goodbye. They're mascots for each other.
0: Yes, they're saying goodbye throughout the whole series. They were only, like, they were mascots for each other the entire time. And it kind of felt like La La Land in a sense, because La La Land has a very similar ending.
1: Super. Where...
0: They, they kind of help each other achieve their dreams and achieve their career aspirations and kind of get over themselves, and they learn a lot. But they they didn't end up together.
1: No. Mm-mm.
0: You know they, what I'm saying? They
1: don't, and and they don't need to. Mm. They don't need to. I don't think that Naido and Becky Jin needed to end up together. And I do like that they showed the erosion of the idea that they could even if they wanted to. Ooh, it was so preach. outside of their control. Like it was one thing they it was one thing like, oh let's get a plan and we can be a couple. But you knew there was a part of them that knew it wasn't gonna work. Mm. But then as they kept trying, the busier they both got, Naido was closing in on a side where she's like, you know what? I know that this fencing thing isn't gonna be forever. Mm. But then she came to the realization with Becky Jin, like you're just gonna keep getting busier and busier. My whole childhood was somebody who let me down constantly because of work, and me learning what that meant. So I don't, I, I don't want to go through with this, and I'm not right. going to go through with this again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Becky Jin, on the other side, was. Do God? Do we talk about Let's talk about Let's
0: talk about it. So we're gonna skip to the ending, and we get through Y2K, which is nuts to see it on screen again. I was like, "Whoa, Y2K!" Everyone's like, "I should be with my family," and everyone's like running home. She kisses him at midnight. She's now twenty years old because of Korean age system. They have this wonderful snow kiss in episode thirteen, and they start a relationship by the episode fifteen. Actually, episode fourteen. I do have to say that I'm going to be pressing charges for this episode ending because this is when they show they show. I think it's like 2009, so semi present day. Yes, he's doing a broadcast and he's the main anchor, doing it with though, who has just won another gold medal. And he ends the broadcast by saying, "Congratulations on your wedding." I was end of the episode. Dead. I was like. Emotional damage because even though I knew they weren't going to be together, that reveal 10 out of 10,
1: Amazing. zero out of
0: 10 would recommend.
1: <laughs> it was painful, but it was necessary.
0: <laughs> oh my God, talk about a, ripping the bandage off all at once. That yeah. was, again, pressing charges, jail time, because that was and what, just
1: five episodes before the finale.
0: Not Eight, Yeah, 14, not 11, even two. Two. Because that was episode, 14. the end of episode 14.
1: Yeah, that was. We get that. Because that framing device is like, oh, we still haven't seen the dad. It's probably going to no. be back. It's, 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 it's not. It's not.
0: It's again. not. It's not Becca not <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. So then we have, now we end up kind of close to home with episode 15. They're about to celebrate their 600th day, mm-hmm. which is almost two years of uh, their anniversary and she's trying to guess the day it is and he's like "It's." she's like it's september and i'm like there it is there it is
1: there it is
0: we're in the year 2001 she says their anniversary is in september and now she's trying to guess the day i'm like this is gonna be a train wreck she guesses the 12th it's not it's the 10th they plan to go on a trip and 9 11 happens
1: yep Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah,
0: what did what are your thoughts? I'm still kind of reeling. I'm not too that removed from that episode. It
1: was so it, to me, I, I think they handled it with as much respect as possible. So I need to create a big divide in how I feel versus how it was portrayed. Mm. I think they did very well. I don't I think they did very well not to show they showed real footage from the event, but they didn't show the actual attack. Uh, they didn't linger on the actual footage because I think they had a lot of they had a lot of tact with how they portrayed it. Mm. But when I tell you that gutted me as a viewer because that's still mm-hmm. so close. Yeah, and I was kind of annoyed when it first happened because I'm like, up oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. But there's been worse ways it's been portrayed, right? Like, mm. remember, remember me,
0: bitch. I thought I was gonna bring it up if you didn't. Like- I love that movie, but that ending is. Still, I can't rewatch the me.
1: movie. Like, I can't I literally re-watch cannot that movie. rewatch that movie. Mm-hmm. And it, with that, it's like okay, it was an impactful moment, but the fact that that's what you know, like it's. Mm. But with this, I think they handled it responsibly, and I think mm-hmm. they did as well as they could considering the subject matter. um It's a good movie. And considering
0: it isn't necessarily their national tragedy, it's right.
1: ours. It is, and. I think okay, so it feels weird to say. It. I think they handled it well. I do like the Becky Jin moves to uh, the U.S. He moves mm-hmm. at first temporarily to report. I love right. all of the pushback he gets from Korean Americans who yeah. are completely removed from this idea that you have to be like cordial. This so he goes to the house and he's like, "Oh, I want to interview. Interview me. You want to interview me? I barely made it out of a building alive, you know, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. my friend and he died. And you want to interview? Me? Get the hell off my property!" Throws mm-hmm. the notebook at him. And just you see an already very mentally fragile person just falling apart, watching people dying in hospitals and all this other stuff. Yeah. I think it was handled well. I think it gave good context to why it was like, okay, yeah, I really want to be a reporter. I really want to help. And it was the final nail in the coffin of whatever relationship they were going to have. He was not going to because
0: the whole time he was kind of teetering of trying to be his own person and then looking up professionally to Hedo's mom and trying Mm -hmm. to be like her, which was in her life. It was a huge detriment to her personal life and to her relationship with her daughter to be so professional and to put work first. And he ended up going the same exact route and finding that he couldn't escape this. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yep. That was his role. That was what he decided was what he had to do.
0: Right. So. And I think the only issue that I took with the nine eleven portrayal was that Naido is basically getting her only only dose of Becky Jin through the news. Yeah. And so she is eagerly watching 9/11, 9-11 coverage excitedly just to see her boyfriend, which I feel like was kind of in poor taste. That it, was the only time that I was like, oh, God, like, because, again, we lived it. We have our own feelings and trauma about the event and like the aftermath of it. And I just.
1: Cause here in the States, to it see was her like, just can like, we smile now? Like here we were like, we were like, when can we smile again? Like when, mm, but over mm. there it's like, it, it, seeing it from that angle really kind of sucks because, yeah. you yes,
0: know, I would say I'd agree. It sucks. Yeah. And
1: I understand, I understand cause she's young and she is removed from it. She's removed from it enough for to be like, oh, wow, this is horrible. But when can I see my boyfriend? Uh, like, right. So right. for us, it means so much. But it makes sense to see someone from around the world because at the end of the day, that happened on the other side of the planet. Like, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, what context would they have? But at the same time, seeing it, like, it really hurt. It was like, ow, yeah. like, this is rough. Yeah. But they didn't linger on it long enough to ruin the show. If it would have gone a few more episodes, like I don't think I would have been able to remove my bias that long. I would have mm-hmm. been like, I can't, I can't do this.
0: <laughs> I think they just, they also paid so much attention to the way that the nine eleven affected the reporters and the media and the people, the individuals who were covering the yeah. the nine eleven. uh to attacks in the aftermath i think that it was essentially just as traumatic yeah. and like emotionally unsettling for the people who were there and i think that they captured that i mean Joo hyuk really captured that yeah the way that he was trying to put on a brave face for naido over the phone and not telling her about how he was feeling, how he couldn't sleep at night, that he had nightmares. He had PTSD, essentially. He
1: picked up smoking. He picked up picked drinking. Picked up smoking again. Like everything yeah. was just like a mess. He and was then bi- turning to
0: volatile habits to yeah. try and get through this emotionally, mentally taxing time.
1: Pursuing extremely depressing and unprecedented information in real time, like coming into the office, like, where are we? Well, we still haven't found any survivors. There's 5,000 mm. like, you know, missing. Mm. There's yeah. 200 confirmed dead. So when I heard those stats, I'm like, "Oh, right. They got a long way to go." Ooh. Like like they got a yeah. long. I think it was I think that part of it was very interesting seeing the new uh the Naniito part understandable, but it was kind of like, uh eh, it, it it was hard to watch.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I think so.
0: Eh. Absolutely. And I, this leads us up to episode 16 where she breaks up with him and then they go through kind of a divorce settlement because they have to break up their phone plan, their couple (laughs) phone plan. And signing that paper was like the dissolution of a divorce.
1: I felt like, Like, they are like,
0: do we, he was like, do we really want to do this? Like it was... You know, I it was, was heavy.
1: It was. Yeah. heavy. It's like because back then you needed to have a special plan. Like minutes yeah, people don't get free. This. There's no unlimited people, anything. Oh text God, messages were thing. like 20 cents each. Like
0: I couldn't text for years. Oh, yeah. After but, I got a phone, that is.
1: Don't watch. Don't call anybody until 9 p.m. because that's when it's free. And don't open any like, apps on the phone. 15. Oh, yeah. Open aim by accident and you're getting a $40 oh. bill.
0: Yeah, it was it so was hard the times. phone plan thing is like a real thing like and contracts real...
1: then were like contracts it was like yeah. as bad as a gym contract back then like you weren't getting out <laughs> a... when I tell you if they're like you need your partner to come in and I would have thrown the phone in the garbage and let the chips fall <laughs> where they may <laughs> I would have been like give me a new phone give me a new plan I don't I don't know who now you though is give me a new phone <laughs> like I don't... oh my god <laughs> I found this on the street I'm not calling right. Them. Uh, well, rough, after this,
0: rough. you know, after the divorce, the, the phone plan divorce, they have this proper breakup conversation. And I found this so like I couldn't tear my eyes away if you wanted, if I wanted to, because it was mm. just gold. I, I found perfect. it perfect. You know, when others are hurting, you defer your own happiness. And that's what happened to Becky Jin. In mm-hmm. this case, he was deeply hurting. And he felt guilty as we saw earlier in the show when he promised that he wouldn't be happy ever again to make amends in some small way for what his father did. He did the same thing at the very end of the show with 9-11. He was like, I can't be happy. I There was nothing you could do that could make me happy.
1: Rough. So rough. Because
0: of how I'm hurting. And he deeply empathized and felt his own trauma over... and the uncertainty of the time they captured the essence of the time which was there was so much uncertainty we didn't know what was going to happen we didn't know if we were going to get attacked again and he says that too he was like there could be another attack at any time
1: at any moment like when he was breaking down like you had no idea what i was going
0: through yeah and she just fights
1: back with like well you didn't tell me what you were going through and it's like it becomes a communication issue i love this one part because this happens in the desil- – if, if anybody anybody has ever had a disillusion with a friend or mm. a lover or anything, there's always this moment where somebody takes a key component of the other person and throws it at them. Mm. So when I saw Becky Jin say, like, oh, you're just so reckless and this. And when she shouts back, that's what you liked about me.
0: Mm. Like,
1: that's – being reckless is what you liked about me. So if yeah. you don't even like that anymore, like that, like we can't come back from this. Right. It's that was so real. I was like, Oof, yo, that was
0: raw. It was raw. One of the worst breakups I've seen in K drama. And I just got off seeing startup, which is another Namjoo Hyuk dra- drama. And that I thought that breakup was pretty bad. This one was Crazy. Yikes. You know, he was saying things like being able to even miss someone felt like a luxury. Everything was new to me, and frankly your support was burdensome. I couldn't cheer up no matter what, but you were rooting for me, so I wanted to show you that I could do well. I didn't want to complain.
1: You can't even call him shitty. I think that's the you can't even I think that's what makes shitty. me so mad about this is like the writing was so rational. Like mm. they both had their they both had their reasons and they're perfectly valid. It's Mm -hmm. like, I got sick of you cheering me on when I'm looking at all this despair. Like, it's annoying. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, damn. Like,
0: (laughs) that's rough. And then she fires back, we're lovers only in the good times and a burden to each other in the bad times. (sighs) Fuck, bro.
1: Like, what is going on? I was watching it. I was (laughs) like, no, this is too much. You guys weren't even proper lovers. Now you're just falling apart. That's trauma. I
0: thought that um, my thought was... That he was always shielding her from hurt and making sure that she stayed happy, and was so attentive to her the entire show, and it showed clearly again in this scene, where he very obviously moves her away from a passing motorcyclist again that she didn't see coming behind her. Yeah, he is very proactive in shielding her from harm.
1: He's a guardian. He's looking. He's out a guardian, for her, but he's yeah. not a lover. He, he's not. And he wasn't he a good
0: was. lover. Yeah.
1: The. There was something that I, what I love about Naido is that even though she's very upbeat and very spunky, she's very grounded in the things that she will and will not put up with. Yes. So when he lies to her flat out, when Naido's mom told her, oh, didn't you hear? Like he applied for a job in New York and she knew that, but she kept it quiet. He's like, oh, I'll actually be back there in a month. And she just defeatedly says, yeah, well, I won't be here. Like I'm going to be on another thing. Mm -hmm. He's like, actually, I won't be back. I got this job in New York. And she's like, stop. Like, just don't lie to me. Just don't lie to me if you can't. Mm-hmm, you can't. Mm-hmm. She she knew what she wasn't gonna put up with, and I really love that about her. But mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think until the very end of the breakup, Becky Jin really internalized that she knew what she was doing. You know, right. she's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm lying to her, but to protect her. But she sees this is the one thing she can clearly see through.
0: And it also is a product of he's seen her when she was quite young and immature, mm-hmm. and he. <laughs> i guess doesn't realize that she can fend for herself and isn't shouldn't isn't this innocent naive girl anymore sure she still has her recklessness and yeah she still wears her heart on her sleeve and but collects
1: stickers and reads manga collects but stickers
0: but like that doesn't mean that she's emotionally incapable of understanding what you're going through i think that she's landed in a different place by the end of the show and
1: she's a world class fencer. The whole game is about being analytical. I think they allude yes. to that in the show too. It's like this they is do. like she's so fast paced on her feet and knowing the other person. Mm-hmm.
0: Like She's reading know, him just as much as he's reading her. Yeah. And I don't I don't think he realized that.
1: And she knows his next move. Like she's super mm-hmm. analytical. She has <laughs> the context with her mom, like and she's already proactive mm-hmm. in that. So
0: Yeah. I found this heartbreaking that he finally... He already said that he's basically doesn't get good sleep. He's having nightmares. And finally, he does have a good dream. And it's with Hido at the beach. That was rough. And the beauty and the sadness of that, him waking up and just being on tears immediately, like made me tear up too. It was just... Let me not try... I'm much. trying not to cry because it was no, a lot. It, it was a lot. It, it,
1: it was a sucker punch. Like there were so many moments like that where... But mm-hmm. it was inevitable. Like that's the problem. The whole thing mm-hmm. was inevitable. They weren't gonna end up together. They had each other for that moment, and that yeah, it was, was a it.
0: beautiful, formidable, formative relationship for both of them. And there was just no making that ship sail. Like the romance, just I don't think they they tried. And he was hesitant to even try. He was like, you know, this isn't gonna work out. I think that. I'm too close to you as a reporter and you're an athlete. We should maintain some distance. And she was like, I don't care. I want to try. I want to see this through. And they okay. did. And like what happened?
1: Yeah. And Koyurim, I think I love that she kind of like brought it all full circle or no, it wasn't Koyurim. It I was, was going to say it was smart girl. Nah,
0: okay. <laughs> smart girl.
1: <laughs> Sung I love that she brought it all full circle and she's like, you know, sometimes I miss those days when we were all super close, but you know, if we didn't go through them, we wouldn't be where we are now. Mm -hmm. And I love though. in the future when she brings it full circle because the theme I love, it doesn't get mentioned enough. It's like, okay, just because it was short-lived, just because we didn't last forever, it doesn't mean that those moments and those relationships and those friendships and that's a time, I think she mentions that's a time when the most important thing in your life is those friendships. Mm -hmm. And I want my daughter to know that just because it's short-lived, it doesn't mean that it didn't matter. Mm. And it, amazing, amazing. Because she looks back on it. Oh my God, what do you have to tell me about that? Like her what if, like what she wished she would have said, how she wished the breakup would have gone.
0: So they did a, uh, a La La Land epilogue at the end of the show.
1: Wanted to die. I was like, and no. I wanted,
0: I was like, oh my God. Because for they of course he finds her missing diary mm-hmm. and reads through it. And that was something that she said in the breakup was, you didn't know what I was thinking and how I, how I was processing this on my own. He was like, it seems like you did all the thinking on your own. She's like, yeah, I did. Where were you? <laughs> so he finds her diary, finds out exactly what she was feeling and thinking during that whole time and writes his own response because she did end up saying, I'm so sorry for what I said. I didn't want us to end like that and gives her own response. Like apology slash real breakup letter, which was a lot more of what we had seen prior in the show. Yeah. A lot more of like, thank you for being there for me. Thank you for pushing me. Thank you for supporting me and giving me hope and all this stuff. So she writes this thing. He writes his own letter in there and thought that she would get it quite soon because he gave it to the, the Manwa uh. bookshop owner. He never gives it to her. It's been like 10 more years or so. Because by that
1: point, she had gone to San Francisco or something, right? Like,
0: Well, oh. he went to New York and then she like kept on with her life and fencing. Mm. And it wasn't until the bookshop closed.
1: That he found it again. That he 19-
0: found it again alcohol. and delivered it. So now she's coming at this breakup 10, 12 years after the fact and puts the pieces together of what they really wanted to say to each other and you have this beautiful epilogue scene where they kind of just reconcile in a sense
1: dog it was the the show even if it didn't give you exactly what people expected it gave you exactly what you wanted because if Mm -hmm. they would have left it with that breakup i was gonna i don't know something was gonna happen because like i was (laughs) something was gonna happen bro best like Marvel Cinematic Universe included, what? best post-credit scene. That you love that scene, don't you, dude? Crying, cry like I I feel no shame. I was like uh like I was like crying, like they're there. Really? Oh yeah, because it's it's that it plays in. I I'm telling you, I, I love just want you guys to so know much. before
0: you like really get into that scene and like give your thoughts. Miguel's like on the verge of tears right now he's got Literally. like glassy eyes like he's really trying to be composed for this so go, go right ahead
1: I love that it, it, it's an undetermined time it's in the future and there, uh, Becky Jin and w- w- to add to this we don't even see his face in this epilogue mm-hmm. we see mm-hmm. the cameras pan from behind Becky Jin as his computer his superior is telling him oh you gotta log in you gotta get this data so we can move to a new system and he types in the password four times incorrectly for a very old system. And he's like, "How do you expect me to know this? How do you expect the boss leaves leaving just Becky Jin there?" And he's like, "All right, well, forget it. Let me try to reset this." Puts in his email, puts in his ID card from the time, and then the final thing that comes up is a security question. What is the name of your first love? And the quickest thing he does is Nahido and presses enter and the screen goes to black. Yo, when I told you I cried, like I lost it because it's because it's true. That's how life goes. Mm-hmm. That's life. And that's why I can accept this show so much for what it was. It's like exactly what Naido said. It's like, I want my daughter to know just because these things are short lived, it doesn't mean that they're not important. Cause mm-hmm. that shit stays with you. Yeah. Like no matter what, he will always remember that. Beautiful. I, I I was like, this is like the cherry on top, yeah, they ended this show so well
0: mm-hmm. and just before um Koyudim heads to Russia and they're competing one last time, they were like fencing in practice, and Koyudim says nothing lasts forever rough I mean, how can you expect things to go perfectly? In a K-drama that's tell- telling the audience nothing lasts forever.
1: And they hammer that point in a few times.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like they show three times. I think it's two or three times their growth. Because they see each other less and less. They catch mm-hmm. up. They're already further along.
0: The whole, oh my God, what killed me too at the end was that they were like, "Why this?" we're at a point in our lives where we only see each other at funerals. Yeah. I'm and at that true. point in my yes, life. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, like it's just weddings and funerals. That's that's when I see my childhood friends.
1: Yeah. And you promise the friends that, that you'll made me who touch. I am. You'll promise yeah. you'll see each other more. You'll say things like, oh, we got to do this more often. Mm-hmm. But it never does. we all it never know happens. it's not true, but we also yeah. don't hold it against each other. That's no. life. Like mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. I love the way they portrayed it. I was very impressed. And I think it would be oh a very God. good idea to I wish stories like this were more common
0: mm-hmm. because
1: it shows people like. Again, just because it's short-lived, it doesn't mean it's not important and
0: mm-hmm. doesn't
1: mean it doesn't stay with you. Yeah. I love this show. Me
0: like too.
1: I love this Me show.
0: Too. I can tell, and I was really worried that you weren't going to like it. You're very emotional right now, and so am I. I'm just I, like, uh. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, what, is there anything else that you would like to say about 2521?
1: Um... No, chemistry. I just want to enforce again, I just love the chemistry between all the characters. I love that they avoided uh, love triangles. I love that they avoided romantic rivalries. I know you're going to take him from me and the group is getting complicated because he loves her and she loves him. Like, they avoided all of that. All the characters were so unique. The characters were Mm -hmm. insanely strong. Uh, Like, rather strong in the sense of they had their own identity down and none of them really overlapped. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. I'm impressed. That's that's really one of my biggest yeah. takeaways of the show is I'm impressed that everybody was their own person, fully fleshed out, and just fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. not Becky. I had <laughs> so
0: much fun with this show. I know that we were like in our feels a lot right now, but I loved – Nahido and her growing up, basically the coming of age portion of the show where she's like crying in the streets and acting a fool and (laughs) wanting stickers to collect and all the things. I just loved her antics. She was great. And I love that basically Becky Jin is entertained by her antics for the majority of the show. And she gets them through a lot of rough patches and it turns into a really complex relationship between them. Yeah, And I, I don't know if we can get this writing again miss you know kwandoin please write her name write another one like this cuz it's really good i know you broke a lot of hearts you broke our hearts too but not in the same way that everyone else was <laughs> broken but
1: i need her to make I, a movie i need her to win an oscar i need her to I like could, get on that level like i, I need- <laughs>
0: could see this being a movie yes. easily well two hour movie
1: the episodes are certainly long enough to be a movie in and of themselves like my god <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When you
1: approach me, you're like, do you want to watch this? And I was like, you know what? Bet. Like, I I, want to watch more Korean dramas again, so let's do this. So, And then when I clicked on Netflix, and that's like, an hour and how long? I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, all right. Well, I've done more for less. Let's do this. (laughs) Worth it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I am so glad. I am so glad. I was really worried. And I didn't realize that it was long episodes until the very last episode, which was an hour and a half. The last
1: two episodes were an hour. Were they and a half both each. Oh,
0: no wonder. The first I, one I was an hour a...
1: twenty, the rest were an hour fifteen, and then the last one was
0: last two were an hour and a half.
1: Yeah. <sighs> on when you're watching on an iPad or when you watch it on a phone, you can actually speed it up. Yeah. So I sped it up to one point two five percent. Yeah. And you don't miss a beat because it's just fast enough where nothing no chipmunk mm-hmm. voices, no mm-hmm. whatever. And dog, those episodes are still long. It's <laughs> like, like, still
0: pretty like, long. It like
1: seven minutes in the end. I was like, mm, wow.
0: Last thing I'll say: shout out to the Troy taejun cameo. He was the boyfriend that came in and out a couple couple of times. That was yeah, yeah. He shout was pretty out. funny. <laughs> yeah, shout out. Anyway. <laughs> I think that's it. Thank you, Miguel, for coming on the show and for being so game to talk through our emotions and how we felt about this show and review it in full. And I think this was more of an appreciation episode than anything.
1: Absolutely. I'll give it all the flowers it deserves. (laughs) Like I'm calling FTD. I'm calling everybody just sending (laughs) all the love to this cast. I really hope that they win the awards that they're nominated for like yeah. I wish all of these people nothing but the best and I can't wait to rewatch it already
0: oh yes thank you that's been our show I'm Jessica and this has been the ATC Presents Deba K. Rambles podcast Miss you but I, 네